God bless him. Come on, praise him this morning. God's worthy. Come on, God's worthy. Hallelujah. What a lovely name, that name of Jesus today. Amen, amen, amen. Tell you how lovely it is. Amen. It's lovely unto the point of our salvation. For the Bible says, amen, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't you love the name of Jesus today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's power in that name. There is power. I'm telling you, we don't realize we live beneath our privilege. There is such power in the name of Jesus. Everybody in here, do you know your first name? You should. Amen. On the count of three, I want you to shout out your first name this morning. One, two, three. There wasn't a whole lot took place. On the count of three, I want you to shout Jesus. One, two, three. I'm going to tell you, whenever you shout the name of Jesus, devils tremble. Hell quakes, amen. Because somebody called on the name of the almighty God. Hallelujah. There's something happens when you call on the name of Jesus. What a lovely name this morning. Why don't we praise him in the house? Praise the Lord. It is so good to be in Bendale today. Amen. Feel what we're feeling. I'm just telling you, when I walked into the sanctuary, they were singing. I felt the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know the name of that first song that may not have been the first one, but I'm telling you, I just felt the Holy Ghost in such a tremendous way. Amen. I love that. Don't take that for granted. Amen. Don't take it for granted. God's been doing great things for us, whereof we're glad. And uh, we've come today believing the same, believing that God's going to do some great things for us. Hallelujah. So good to see each one that's come out to the house of the Lord. And uh, if you're a visitor today, we just want you to feel at church. Praise the Lord. We could have stayed at home and felt at home. We want you to feel at church. Hallelujah. Amen. We want you to feel the power of God. Uh, among a people that are not ashamed to lift up their hands and their voice. Amen to a God that has done great things for us. Hallelujah. Amen. God's still in the miracle working business. And I like what was said this morning about, uh, I'm just telling you, Brother Moore, he had it. He should have just, just done like that deer dog. He should have just stretched out with it. Amen. Don't you love your pastor and his wife? I love them today. Appreciate them very much. Amen. And I do feel like God has laid something on our heart, and it'd be easy for me to just to jump on uh, the emotion that I feel this morning, but I want to obey the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to, and, and maybe tonight we'll just kind of take the bridle off and, and uh, just have a throw down. No telling. That's what we call it where I come from, throw down. But uh, we're excited about being here. 
And I do love and appreciate Brother and Sister Moore and what they are doing at Bendale. And uh, great churches come about by great leadership. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God if you got a preacher in your life, amen, just sitting in a church don't mean that you got a preacher in your life. But you got uh, to get a preacher between you and eternity. And somebody that will watch for your soul. Amen. And I believe with all of my heart that these, uh, these mowers, they are genuine. Amen. And I love and appreciate them. Brother Moore's been the same and Sister Moore's been the same ever since I first met them. And I like that. They hadn't changed with the trends and the fashions. And and uh, as far as I know, they believe the same thing that they've always believed. And I appreciate that so very much. Stability uh, and balance in the hour that we're living in means so much to a church family. And a lot of times you don't understand that, but uh, that balance, that balance between spirit and truth, spirit and word, that's what keeps the church going forward. Amen. So it's just, uh, I believe that most everybody in here today knows what it takes to be saved. If you don't, you'll hear it before you leave. But what God's laid on my heart today is uh, I want to help us stay saved. Does anybody know anybody that was one time in church here and you look around, they're not here today? Amen. Something happened. Something happened. And I want to preach about that something today. Hallelujah. Uh, if you'd like to turn in the Word of God to a very familiar passage of Scripture, and I uh, may have to get our sound man just to give me a little bit of monitor my, my voice. We've been on the road almost every night, so my voice is a little bit ragged. You don't have to turn up the house. I don't want to blow them out. Just blow me out. Amen. In the book of St. Matthew, chapter 24, if you'd like to turn with us today, let's go to verse 3. Chapter 24, verse 3. When you found it, say amen. And as he, that he being Jesus, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars see that ye be not troubled for all these things everybody say things all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there should be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, 
the same shall be saved. Can I get the church to lift their hands and voice in prayer? Brother Moore, would you ask God's anointing on this word today? I need a praying church. Pray, church. Somebody's listening to you. Come on. Mighty God of heaven, as we come into this house in your presence today, God, we invite you, Lord, to come down, walk these aisles, speak to the hearts, the minds of the people. God, let there be an anointing in the house. God, not only to preach the word, but God, to hear the word. God, let it be wrote on the tablets of our heart today. God, we command every spirit of hell, God, Lord, to be removed from this house. God, loose the liberty and the power of the Holy Ghost right now. And the church shouted, Amen. Give the Lord another real good hand clap of praise. Come on now. You can praise your way out of trouble. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. There's something about praise. I said there's something about praise. Hallelujah. Amen. A preacher called me a few days ago, and he said, you know, David's name's mentioned over a thousand times in the Word of God. And he said the Scripture said that he was the apple of God's eye. He said it was because David was always so quick to repent. I said, I beg your pardon. <laughs> he said, I figured you would. I said, David was not always quick to repent. I said, but he was quick to praise. Hallelujah. I said, that's what kept David the apple of God's eye. Is he praised God through every situation in life. He never bowed a knee to a false God. And brother, he learned the value of praise. I'm talking about heartfelt praise. There's a difference of lifting your hands and in and, and your minds at Walmart somewhere, but whenever you lift your, your hands and you begin to begin to praise and you got your mind on Calvary, you got your mind on an almighty God, there's something fixing to happen. Come on, praise God one time. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your response today. And I'm believing that we're going to have church in the house. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 10. This come about by, uh, I had a pastor call me a few weeks ago. And he asked me, he said, brother, would you come and preach on the end time, the signs of the coming of the Lord? And I said, sure, I'll come. He said, I got a, a lot of new converts in the church. And he said, really, they've never uh, heard much about the coming of the Lord, the end time. And, and uh, this is pretty much our candy stick, our, our chapter that we preach on about the sign of the coming of the Lord. As I began to study this, uh, and all of these signs that have been so familiar to us throughout the, throughout the years, all of a sudden, there was something there that just jumped out that I had, I had overlooked all of this time. 
And it's the main thing, the main thing that we need to look for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read it again. You can, you can remain seated. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. We know there's going to be deception in the end time. He said, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and of rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things, things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall uh, be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and diverse places. And we preached about all these things. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Verse 10. And then shall many be offended. They're not going to be offended because of wars and rumors of wars. This being offended is the greatest sign of the coming of the Lord. I want to preach this morning on the prison of offense or the prison of being offended. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deception. He talked to us. He said, first, they were asking him what was going to be the sign of the end time, end of the world, and the sign of his coming. He said, beware. He said, there's going to be Men that's going to come and they're going to deceive many. Amen. But can I tell you, they're not going to deceive the child of God. Amen. That's been born again of the water and of the spirit. They're not going to deceive him. Amen, because there is something on the inside of him, amen, that the man on the street don't have. And there's going to be a lot of deception because they're going to say, come and, and see what's going on here or come and see what's going on over there. But I'm going to tell you something, uh, amen, if you find salvation, it's going to be in a one God, apostolic tongue talking, aisle running, devil chasing, worshiping church. It'll be in a church that still preaches one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. If you find salvation, it's not going to be by shaking a preacher's hand or signing a church card. It's going to be repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the promises unto you and unto your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We're not going to be deceived by that, even though there are many that will be. And he began to give them the signs of the coming of the Lord. He said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. I read a little article the other day that said in every nation on the face of the earth there is some type of warfare that is going on. Every continent, amen, that is in the world has some type of war going on. 
Why, Brother McCain? It's a sign, amen, of the end time. It's a sign of the coming of the Lord. But can I tell you something? Amen. Nobody got out of Bendale Church because there's a war going on. Nobody got out of Bendale Church because they got a war in Iraq or Iran. But I tell you what, you'll walk out of the door far if you get offended. I'm going to preach if it hardly ups every devil in hell this morning. Kind of feel like I'm preaching on the radio. Is anybody really come to have church today? Hallelujah. Amen. He said there'd be wars and rumors of wars. He said, he said this is just the beginning of sorrow. He said there'd be nation rise up against nation. And we've seen that throughout the world. Amen. I'm not getting out of church. Amen. Just because one nation has rose up against another nation. Amen. If anything, that's going to make me pray. If anything, it's going to run me to an altar of prayer. And he said, kingdom would be against kingdom. As I begin to study that word of God, I'm going to tell you, it's not talking about earthly kingdoms. It's talking about the kingdom of God. Amen. Against the kingdom of Satan. And we have seen that today. If there's ever been an hour that the devil has stuck his head up and tried to destroy good apostolic families, it's this hour we're living in today. There's kingdom against kingdom. There's nation against nation. It's a sign of the coming of the Lord. It's a sign of the last days. Hallelujah. And if you ever plan on getting right with God, if you ever have an intention of getting right with God, amen, you better purpose in your heart. Amen, God's fixing to come back. Amen, God's getting a bride together. God's gonna have somebody, amen, that's walking the walk and talking the talk. God's gonna have somebody that still believes this apostolic doctrine. I want you to know God's not gonna compromise for a bride. God's not going to compromise. Amen. For a church. He's already got a bride in the ground. But I'm not going to compromise with the kingdom of Satan. I know there's going to be war. I know there's going to be a struggle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. Amen. God's looking for somebody that's willing to stand. Amen. God's looking for a David. Amen. That's going to praise God through ever, ever circumstance in life. And now he says there's going to be a nation against nation. Stay with me this morning. Amen. Kingdom against kingdom. Amen. There's going to be famine in the land. And you look at me and tell, I ain't been doing without. Hallelujah. Amen. But brother, there's there's thousands. Amen. Thousands that died yesterday. Sister Moore. Amen. Because of famine in other lands, in other countries. What is it, Brother McKay? It's a sign of the coming of the Lord. And the Bible said there'd be a famine here. Amen. Not for the preached word of God, but there'd be a famine for hearing. Amen. The word of God. We can walk through the
the doors of an apostolic church and we can fold our arms and say that preacher is not going to touch me and the song is not going to touch me and the word of God it's not going to touch me and if you're not careful there'll be somewhere you'll get offended and you'll walk out the door of an apostolic church wars is not going to get you out kingdom against kingdom it's not going to get you out famine in in other places it's not going to get you out but offenses will get you out of the house of God hallelujah famines pestilence I talked to some farmers a few days ago in north Louisiana and they said brother McCain said it costs so much now he said we have so much we have to have to do in the way of pestilence control. He said that it, it takes away all of our profit. I said, why is there so much more now than there's ever been? It's a sign of the coming of the Lord. Amen. You try to plant a garden now. Amen. Used to all would have to do is shoot a few ladybugs out of the garden, but now, Amen. There's pestilence. There's pestilence in the land. I'm just telling this church this morning, a good church, Amen. But I want you to be aware, Amen. Pestilence is not going to get you out of the house of God, Amen. These little things, Amen. Famine's not going to get you out of the house of God. He said there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. I read him the Reader's Digest where up to 1950 there had only been a handful of recorded earthquakes in the world and they said from 1950 to 1960 amen that number doubled and they said now that every four months amen that number doubles again it's not hardly a day you turn the radio on that you don't hear about an earthquake somewhere amen where hundreds or thousands were killed can I tell you it's the sign of the coming of the Lord hallelujah amen God's trying to flag you down on your road to hell amen God's trying to tell you if you've ever thought about getting right with God you better make a move if you've ever thought about saving your family from a red hot belch in hell you better make a move I'm telling you God's fixing to come back I said God's fixing to come back and he's coming back after a bride that is called by his name. He's coming back after a people that have come out from among the world. They have made themselves separate from the things of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now he gets down to this, this one point. There's going to be false prophets that's going to rise in the land. Brother Ford, False prophets, they can build a church 200 yards from here. That ain't going to get you out of the house of God. Hallelujah. If anything, it'll make you preach and dig in that word of God more than you ever have before. Amen. You're going to build up the bulwarks of Zion and preach that word of God. Amen. Stronger than you ever preached it before. Amen. I'm not worried about the false prophets. I'm not worried about the earthquakes. I'm not worried about the pestilence. And I'm not worried about the famine. I've never seen one man walk out of the church because 
because of the famine. I've never seen one family that turned their back on God. Amen. Because of the earthquakes. But I tell you what offenses will do. It'll cause you to lock yourself up. Amen. That nobody can get to you. It'll cause you to lock yourself up in a prison of being offended. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, we get offended. <laughs> we get offended. How many is going to let me preach to you this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody got a button that's loose or tore off? I wished I had a button this morning. Hallelujah. I ought to pull one off. It's already gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. I've seen people get offended over something as small as a button. I have. Sister Moore, a button ain't very big. You ever heard that story about Scrooge and the button soup? You know, a button, you can start with a button, and it ain't very big. Hallelujah. But I've seen people walk out of the house of God, brother, Randy, because of a button. Even just because a preacher told him, you need to button that up. One button. And they got offended, brother. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. God's telling you the greatest sign of the coming of the Lord. Amen. As people are going to get offended. Amen. If there's anything that we need to put up a guard against. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you something just as small. I'm not talking about an earthquake, brother. I'm not talking about a famine in the land. I'm not talking about pestilence. I'm not talking about a war that's going on right down the road. But something as small as a button. Amen. I cause a family to go to hell. Can I tell you something? If you go to hell and you've already had the Holy Ghost, can I tell you? It's going to be because you got offended over something. I come to preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as much as I choose to be a Christian, I choose not to be offended. Hallelujah. I preached at a, this man's place that I was talking about. And I asked him where a certain brother was. He shook his head. I helped pray that man through the Holy Ghost. I said, where is he at? He said, brother. He said, during, after the storm, said he just, he prospered, prospered, prospered. And he said, yeah, and I preached to him too. I said, I preach to him. I said, don't build your, your debt up to your income. I said, because it's not going to stay that way. And now the economy, the economy has fell out. Can I get a witness? And he's sitting at the house offended at God. Because he said, I paid my tithes. I went and saw him. I said, Dwayne, I said, what are you doing at the house? He said, Brother McCain, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm actually aggravated at God. He said, I, I paid my tithes. He said, I was faithful to the house of God. I saw that my family was there every, every service night. 
And he said, now, he said, all this economy has fell out. And, and he said, uh, he said, I ain't got enough to pay my bills. I said, Dwayne, what did I preach to you? I said, what did I tell you? Amen, whatever you had plenty coming in. And I told you, don't build your debt up, but pay your debt off. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you something. I said, God has still allowed enough to come through your hands, but what have you done with it? I said, don't get offended at God. Get offended at yourself. Hallelujah. I said, if you're doing everything you told me to do, I said, I'll assure you God's put enough through your hands to take care of your bills. Hallelujah. Not your wants, but your needs. But he got offended is what I'm telling you. He got offended and walked out of the house of God. There was not a war that got him out of the house of God. There was not a famine that got him out of the house of God. But he got offended over little bitty things. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you die lost and undone, once you have been born into the kingdom of God, it's going to be because somewhere in life, amen, you got offended at something or somebody. Amen. Somewhere in life, amen, there was something come your way. Amen. Let me just read you what Webster says. Amen. About the word offended. To be offended, it says being irritated or annoyed by something or someone when you're possibly in the right. Amen. To be angered or resented. Amen. To be insulted or to be brought low. To be put in disregard. Amen. To be hurt or assaulted or attacked when possibly in the right. Amen. To be affected by another's action. Amen. Do you remember what David said? I was wounded in the house of a friend. I'm going to tell you something now. Amen. It don't matter to me. Amen. What the world thinks about McCain. It does not matter what the world thinks about the what I preach or the doctrine that I preach. But in the house of a friend, it matters. And in the house of a friend, I can get offended. Hallelujah. We need to guard against this one thing. It's taking more people out the doors of a church than anything else. It is the prison of being offended. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you there's going to be things. Uh, people, do I, I believe in preaching the blessing plan of God? I do. Amen. I, I believe and preach if a man does it right, if he pays his tithes right, amen, that God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that he can't contain it all. But can I tell you something? Between this mountaintop right here and that mountaintop right over there, amen, there's a valley. And there's going to be times that we're going to walk through the valley. You can't live on the mountaintop all the time. Amen. And if you can't take the valley there's going to be something that will offend you hallelujah amen if you can't come down and walk in the valley there's going to be something that will offend you and take you out of the house of God I can remember several several years ago now I'd never had a new vehicle in my life everything I had when you took off it'd go too 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 <laughs> What they say, can I get a witness? <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'd wait till everybody else left before I took off. <laughs> First thing, they didn't like to see the smoke. I left them in a cloud of smoke. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God blessed me. I'm telling you, God, God blessed me, but God tries us too. Do you hear me? God tries the spirits. And I got me a brand new Toyota truck. Who you talking about? I was walking through tall cotton. It was blue, not quite that blue, but it was blue. And I mean it was it was beautiful. I, I doubt anybody here remembers it. If you did, you didn't remember it long. Hallelujah. And brother, I was so proud of that truck. You know, pride is on both ends of the spectrum. Hallelujah. Uh, let me preach to us this morning. Hey, man, I, I'd pull that truck. Brother, I'm just telling you, I'd put it right up in front of the church house. <laughs> Ooh, you're talking about riding high. I was riding high. I, I know to some it was just a jap wagon, but to me, I'm telling you, brother, it was the finest thing on wheels. And my, my oldest daughter, just about that time, my oldest daughter hit my insurance. And in Louisiana, it was the law. You had to have it. And, and whenever they put her on that insurance, the law also says that a, that a teenager goes on the, the latest model vehicle that you got. And when the bill come, Brother Moore, I was offended. <laughs> when your insurance is twice as high as your truck dope, I looked at that. I like to have a heart attack. I said, I don't know if I need to get rid of the girl or the truck. I said, man, look at that. My wife said, what are you going to do? I said, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm not going to shoot myself. I said, I'm going to get rid of this new truck. She said, well, you've been talking about the blessings of God and how, it's, how you just pull it up there and park it like that. I said, yeah, I know that. I said, but I'll park whatever I get behind the school down there. It takes the same pride to park it up front if it's pretty. It's the same pride that causes you to park a clucker somewhere else. It is. It's the same pride. And it's the same offense that'll get both of them. And so I found a man. He had, he had a truck. I was stopped by there. He had a for sale sign on it. And it was a 83 Toyota. I stayed with them Toyotas. It was an 83. Had 160-something thousand on it. They didn't make them as good then as they do now. It had holes rusted in the fenders. It was about that big. And it had a set of 35s on it. And you couldn't tell if they were street tires or ground grips. Because all the tread was gone. Everything was gone. And he said, i tell you what. He said, I'll just trade you my truck and take up the notes on that one. I said, you got a deal. And here I come home. And it's orange. I mean, it's orange. This truck is orange. <laughs> it ain't that pretty blue. I'm just telling you. It's orange. And, uh, well, it was about a week after I had it caught on fire and burnt the hood up. And it burnt all the paint off the hood. I never did repaint it. I'm just, I just rode it. That's all. But I could, I could have got offended, you know. I was riding home that thing, and 
I got home and we had a little bitty uh, Datsun car. It was about as long as that door. And got church time. And I think my wife was offended. She said, you know, if you don't mind, I think I'll ride the car. And the girls quickly said, yeah, we're going with Mama. I said, okay. All right. All right. It's all right with me. <clears throat> my baby girl, Jody, she said, Daddy, I'll ride with you. I said, okay. We got in there, and air conditioner didn't work. We had the windows down. But it was a redneck truck, and I'm telling you, it had a sound system in it. You wouldn't believe how good it sounded. Man, I had me a Jeff and Sherry CD and that thing going, and we had the windows roll down, and them old big tires coming down the road just woo, 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 woo. We was probably doing every bit of 35. Fenders are flapping. Looked like it was trying to take off, Brother Ford. <laughs> we cranked that stereo on up. And about that time, that song that, that Jeff and Sherry and him sang about mind over matter, you ever heard it? It goes to the point of saying, if you don't mind, then it don't matter. <laughs> and I was listening to that song, and my baby girl, she come over there and put her arm around my neck. And that old thing, I mean, it was just jumping, going down the road. She said, Daddy, this old baby will roll, won't it? I said, you better believe it will. And I said, if, you know, I said, God, I don't mind. I'm not going to be offended. It don't matter. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you something. I refuse to be offended by things. Hallelujah. I refuse to be offended when I can't ride as high as I thought I could. Hallelujah. I already had me a spot picked out down behind that school. But can I tell you what I done? I pulled it up right there where I'd been pulling that blue one. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. We run it. We just about had to roll it out in a briar patch. And we had more fun in that old truck, brother. Amen. I'm just telling you something. I choose not to be offended. By things, things, hallelujah, amen. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing, hallelujah, amen. Come, can I tell you something? No, I didn't have a nickel in my pocket, amen. But I come to church and I shouted and I praised my way right out of trouble. I showed God I can praise you, God. It don't matter what I ride in. I can praise you, God. It don't matter what I live in. I can still praise you, God. Offenses are going to try you. I said offenses are going to try you somewhere. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you something. We went all, we went just about cross country in that thing. Hallelujah. And I, it was about the only song I learned for a while. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, it don't matter. Praise God. And I'm just telling you something. Got to where my wife would even ride with me. Hallelujah. She saw how much fun the rest of us was having in that thing. God knows what we need. God knows we can't stay on the mountaintop all the time. But if we can pass that test in the valley, amen, there's another mountaintop. 
And since then, God's give us trucks paid for. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, and I, and I ain't enjoyed them like I did that old orange one. I ain't enjoyed it like I have them because I know it was a God thing. Amen. It was a test. Hallelujah. I'm the very best of saints and the very best of churches. I'm the very best of preachers. Somewhere you're going to have to pass the test of being offended. Brother Arthur Duncan from Poplarville preaching in Forest, Mississippi almost three years ago now. Time passes. And while preaching the word of God, he had a massive stroke. Totally paralyzed him on one side. He couldn't speak. They took him to Jackson to the hospital that night. And uh, he said that he was laying there on that bed. And he said uh, he, he could hear everything that was going on. He couldn't respond to anything. But he could hear everything. And two doctors come in. They'd called another specialist. And he said, what do you think? And that other specialist looked at him and he said, just leave him alone and let him die. He said his blood pressure is 260 over 160. And he said, it's just a matter of time. He said, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. He said, just leave him alone and let him die. And then he called the family in. And he told the family, he said, look, he said, there's nothing we can do. He's hearing all of this now. And he told his wife, said, if he lives, he's going to be a vegetable. And he said, Brother McCain, all I could do, he said, was tears started coming out of my, my eyes. And he said, I couldn't talk. I couldn't lift a hand. I couldn't do anything. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, I felt the hand of God. And God put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, can you still praise me now? And he said, Brother McCain. He said, I started telling God. I'm not bitter. I'm not offended. I can still praise you. I can still praise you. And he said, in my heart, he said, I started singing a song. And he said, from that moment, God said, just trust me. Be not afraid. Just trust me. Can I tell you where he's at this morning? He's full-fledged preaching this gospel in his pulpit. He's shouting and running and dancing. He's got recovery of his arms and his legs. And I'm just telling you something. He praised his way out of the test. He praised his way. Amen. Through that trial of being offended. He could have got offended at God. He could have, he could have said, God, I can't praise you. And he could, he could be that vegetable today. But he praised God. I know of another preacher this morning. He's locked up in his office as I preach right now. One of the greatest apostolic preachers that ever graced a pulpit. But four years ago, he got offended. And today his son's preaching. And in four years, he's not come out of that office one time to face a congregation. Brother Ford. A preacher? 
I'm telling you, offenses are going to come. Offenses. Offenses. Something as little as that button, brother, can offend you and lock yourself up in a prison of being offended. Is he dressed? I'll, I'll promise you this morning he's dressed to the point he could fit any pulpit in the land. Anointed, tremendous anointing. Offended, locked up in a prison. And in this prison, the only key is on the inside. No, nobody can unlock your prison but you. Nobody. And the only way that you can unlock it is praise your way out of it. Praise your way out of it. You got your Bible? Go to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. I believe it's verse 11. Start right there for me. It does not matter who you are. What did the Bible say about offenses, Brother Ford? Offenses might come. Offenses could come. Must. That's what it said. Offenses must come. Read for me. 11th verse. Is that it? Yes, sir. Go. That's not it. Skip on down, maybe 17th verse. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's it. That's it. John's in prison now. I want you to understand where he's at. And he's not in prison for doing something wrong. He's in prison because he did everything right. He preached the same message to the pauper that he did to the king. So I want you to understand, now he's in prison, but not because of a crime. He's in prison because he did everything right. The most dynamic preacher that was ever on the face of the earth was John the Baptist. The Bible said he came out of the wilderness and when they run him out of the towns, the towns poured out into the wilderness to hear him. Hallelujah. I want you to know there wasn't but six months difference between him and Jesus. They grew up together. There was no doubt in his mind that Jesus was the Messiah. There was no doubt in his mind or heart at 30 years old, when he started preaching in the wilderness, that he was preaching about the Christ. Brother, there was no doubt in his mind, Brother Ford, and he did everything with a very right spirit. It was always, it wasn't about him. It would have been easy for him when the multitudes turned out of the cities into the wilderness to hear him. When thousands upon thousands come to the wilderness to hear him preach, it would have been real easy for him to get on a little ego trip. But can I tell you what he did? He said, There cometh one after me who is mightier than I, 
whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to unloose. I shall baptize you with water under repentance, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He always pointed to Christ. He knew who it was. But today now he's in prison. Now read for me. John called two of his disciples unto him and sent them to Jesus, saying, Can I tell you something? John got offended. Jesus come to town. Now this is the same John that preached three years in the wilderness about Christ. This is the same John, amen, that was the forerunner of Christ. This was the same John that baptized Jesus in the Jordan. And the Spirit of the Lord come down and descended upon him. There was no doubt in his mind. He was the Christ. But today, he's in prison and Jesus has come to town. And he's waited and he's waited. He's waited for Jesus to come by. He's waited for Jesus to come and, and tell him what a good job he had done as a forerunner of Christ. But Jesus didn't come. And I'm going to tell you something. The greatest preacher on the face of the earth became offended to the point. He said, go see if that's really him or do I need to look for another? If we're not careful, we'll lock ourselves up in a prison of offense when Jesus don't come Johnny on the spot. Sometimes God's going to let you walk through that valley, that test of offense before he puts you on another mountaintop. And offenses must come. It didn't offend John to be put in prison because of what he preached. It didn't offend John that they had run him out of the cities and there he was preaching in the wilderness because the same crowds and the multitudes turned out to him. But it did offend him the day that Jesus passed by. It looked like it would have been so easy for Jesus to just went by there and reached his hand through the cell and say, John, you're the man. Man, I appreciate everything you've done. But I'm going to tell you something. Even John, even John must be offended. Read for me. When the men were coming to Jesus, they said, John has sent us unto you. Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus just told him, sit down over there for a few minutes. Just sit down over there for a few minutes and let's have church. And the Bible says that he healed the infirmities. He raised the dead. He healed the lepers. He opened the blinded eyes. And now he says, go tell John. Go tell John what you saw. And he said, also tell John, don't be offended. Don't be offended. And after they have left, after they have went back to John, now Jesus turns to the multitude 
and he begins to brag. What does he say? What went you out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken in the wind? What went you out in the wilderness to see? Man clothed in soft raiment. He's talking about John. Read. They're in king's houses and king's courts. Read. What went you out for to see? A prophet. Yea. Much more than a prophet. Read. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater than John the Baptist. Can I tell you something? Even though there was no greater than John, offenses must come. Pass the test, John. Pass the test, John. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. If we're lost, knowing what we know, it's going to be because somewhere we allow ourselves to get in a prison of offense. Do you know people that still sit on a pew, but they won't let you pastor them? They've locked themselves up in a prison of offense. Somewhere they've got hurt and they've not passed the test. Offenses must come. Offenses are going to try the very best of saints. In the book of Romans, I believe it is, the ninth chapter, and I'm fixing to close. They come to the music. Verse 32 and 33. A lot of times we like to throw it. Mind the devil, he catches it. You hear me? A lot of times we want to throw it all on the devil. The devil's done this to me and the devil's done that to me. You know, it'd been easy for me to say the devil took my blue truck away from me. But he didn't. Verse 32. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith. By the works of the law. Read. They stumbled at that stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, who is I? It's God. It's Jesus. He said, Behold, I lay in Zion for a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Somewhere, Sister Becky, we're going to get tried. Somewhere, we're going to go through that valley of being offended. But I choose today. I choose not to be offended. The greatest sign of the coming of the Lord. Jesus very much realized that day as he healed the lepers, opened the eyes of the blind and the lame walked. It was one of the greatest days that he had on the face of the earth. He did it all, everything. But he realized that day that he would not even have a ministry if it had not been for John. But even John must suffer offenses.
somewhere, somewhere, we may walk in that prison cell of offense, but we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay there. There can be moments in our life when precious possessions are taken out of our arms. And if we're not careful, we can lock ourselves up in that prison of offense. But we don't have to stay there. We can praise our way out of it. We can praise our way out of trouble today. What's the sign of your coming, Jesus? Many, many shall be offended. Many. You know any backsliders today? Many. Many shall be offended. Somewhere they got offended. In closing, I could have preached on doctrine a day and we'd run these aisles and just about swing from these lights in here. That ain't going to offend nobody. No. We could have preached about wholeness and separation from the world, run these aisles and shouted and danced and bucked. That don't offend nobody. But offenses are going to come and it'd be little bitty things. Little bitty things. I saw a man that I had won to the Lord. I saw him. I just had a dream about him and I saw him. He, there was a crowd gathered around and they were screaming. They were throwing their hands up and they said, Carlos is drowning. He's drowning. And I run and push my way through that crowd. And there was a mud hole. It wasn't that big. And he had his face stuck down in that mud hole. And every time somebody pull him up, he'd stick his face right back in that mud hole. And when I woke up out of that dream, I went to his house. And I told him, I said, Carlos, I said, I had this dream. And he started before I could tell him. And he started criticizing about little bitty things in the church. Little bitty things that didn't, didn't amount to a hill of beans. And I told him, I said, God just showed me. You're drowning over little bitty things. You didn't fall in the ocean. You didn't fall overboard in the river. But it was just a little bitty thing that you was drowning over. And I'm asking you this morning, I... There was something I just wrote down on the way over here today. God said, just ask it today. If Jesus was coming today, what would you have to fix? Who would you have to forgive? Or who would you have to ask for forgiveness? What would you have to say to make things right? If Jesus coming today has somebody offended you to the point that you'd have to fix something are we offended at something God's done in our life to the point that we need to make it right as this church stands if you're here this morning somewhere you've become offended I ask you this morning in the most humble way find you an altar of prayer in this house because these wars are not going to take you away from Bendale. These famines and earthquakes and pestilence, they're not going to take you away from Bendale. All of these other things 
they're not going to take you away. But if you become offended, if you become offended, you'll lead your family away from the house of God. God sent a message to Bendale this morning. God sent a message to Bendale. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord through the power of the Holy Ghost, God's soon to come, son. I don't know. You never laid eyes on you, but I'm telling you, God's soon to come. And I'd lead my family to an altar of prayers where I'd lead them. I'd lead my family to a church where they could be saved and where God could bless and fix and help me, help me. That's what we need to ask this morning. God, help me. Is there anybody in the house today that feels like God spoke to your heart? You need to come. You need to come. Saints, you need to come. If you're here this morning and you need the Holy Ghost, why don't you come with the saints of God? Come on. Come on, sir. Come on and come on and pray this morning, ma'am. Come pray this morning. Let God speak to your heart today. Hallelujah. Don't be offended by things that could cause you to be lost. Would you like to come pray with us this morning? You're welcome to come. Come on. Come on. God bless you.